Oh, yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is having a freak accident knocking two bearded ladies off of their tandem bike? <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. I do agree. It's very unusual to see an incident like that. Two bearded ladies on a tandem bike. What are the chances of that happening? Never but if, seen it. If I knock them over, that would be a freak accident, right? We're in agreement with that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. What could possibly go wrong? So let me start by introducing our guest panel tonight. Firstly, the mysterious and Vesson, Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather discovered this week that she likes to tie men to the bed and cover them in chocolate and caramel. She's a dominatrix. <laughs> it's true we also yes it is we also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of kim gore kim is also a talented and valued member of the international paranormal society kim spent her childhood living in her anorak it was tough in the hood welcome to the show kim. hello finally on tonight's show i wish to introduce the calm and unflappable greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. 
Greg spent all of last week playing an Indian video game on his cell phone called Gandhi Crush Saga. (laughs) (laughs) I love this show. Wow. It is series two. Episode four. The look on Heather's face is remarkable. (laughs) You've just lost the will to live, haven't you? Pretty much. Don't let me stop you. (laughs) Series two. (laughs) Episode 49. 49's a fabulous and wonderful number. The international dialing code of 49 will put you through to Germany. I once visited the Berlin Olympic Stadium and I saw a guy walk past me with a really long, thin case. I said, are you a pole vaulter? And he said, no, I'm German, actually. But how did you know my name was Walter? <laughs> wow. <laughs> God. The 49th parallel is between Canada and the USA. It is also the name of a 1941 British war film that starred Laurence Olivier. A 49 is a party after a powwow. I didn't know this. To have a 49, apparently is the party you have. If you're a group of Native American Indians all gathered together, you're having a powwow. If you have a party afterwards, that's called a 49. I have absolutely no idea why. If there's any Native Americans listening, I'd like to find out. You can write to me on my Facebook site. (laughs) Alaska is the 49th state. You can always tell when someone comes from Alaska because they know exactly which leaves to use as the best toilet paper. <laughs> February. We're in the we're now into the midst of February. We're well into February. We've penetrated February fully now. In the coming week, Sunday is the twenty first. Sunday is International Mother Language Day. Did you know that? No. I've no idea what mother language is. I've got an example. It's things I'm guessing like um you're not going out wearing that. A little <laughs> a little birdie told me. Wear clean underwear in case of an accident. Do you think I'm made of money? There's a nice one. Bored? How can you be bored? I was never bored at your age. I don't care who started it. I'll finish it. Life isn't fair. Stop touching your sister. That'll make you uh, go blind. Apparently. Especially (laughs) if you live in Florida. And uh, go and ask your father. There we go. This is national, (laughs) international mother language. I don't think that's quite what it means, but that's what we're going with. Monday the 22nd is George Washington's birthday knock knock who's there george washington george washington who see this is the american education system (laughs) no idea three americans round a table no one has a clue who george washington is george washington who can you believe he's on the dollar bill isn't he such things don't look at me it's your money (laughs) we have the queen on everything it's very simple stamps (laughs) queen the queen there you go that must get very expensive when you switch rulers (laughs) <laughs> well that's not happened since 1953 <laughs> when it comes saying. around you can still find money that has the king's head on it her father really? yeah you, you do occasionally it's still in circulation, you know, circulation. Mm. they're just trying over a period of time you know remove it i guess but that is true if you ever see anything that says god save the king we're gonna have to change our national anthem for the last 50 60 years it's always been god save the queen the moment she pegs it we're going to have to change. <laughs> wow. We're going to have to change the national anthem to God Save the King. The yeah. words are going to change. See where we are. I always like to read out some of our mailbag. We get lots of fabulous letters and messages on Facebook and various other platforms. Steve in Romford in England is listening. A big shout out to him and his fiance, Suzanne. Rituga in California has written that he loves 
the show. Shelley in Indiana commented on Facebook, I heard the show on Dark Matter Radio. It was interesting and funny. <laughs> That's going to be written on my gravestone. Here lies Adrian Lee. He was interesting and funny. You could have stopped at interesting. Oh, my. <laughs> Heather's on minus three. No high fives. What's wrong with you both? This is the George Washington joke, isn't yes. it? It is. I see where we are. Fred in Texas has also written, I enjoy the show very much. I enjoy the who humour. The humor. He the humor, <laughs> and he thinks it's unreasonable that Kim and Heather are constantly racist towards me. <laughs> I made that up. That's not true at all. If you wish to contact the show, you can do so via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee, where all of tonight's stories are there for you in glorious Technicolor, the things we couldn't include on the show, all the videos, all of the photographs. We have a Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips that's tips for the international paranormal society we have 75 and a half thousand followers on there at the moment you can join us on there we have a youtube channel more questions and answers with adrian lee and you will find outtakes from the show that i've been told are very funny and you can access our archives at any time over the last three years we have all of our shows on there for you series one and series two if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mqta radio it will all be there for you and don't forget i have a book out at the moment called how to be a christian psychic what the bible says about mediums healers and paranormal investigators that's available on amazon now we had a road trip this weekend i want to talk about our investigation we've not done a paranormal investigation for a couple of months due to the poor weather we tend to close down a little bit of course in winter because people can't drive around the country especially up here in the midwest we had a bit of a road trip didn't we yes jack be nimble jack be quick What's that? What's that? <laughs> have some sort of turn. Should we get an ambulance? Stroke. <laughs> wow. Stroke live on air. Who knew? We investigated a very famous building in St. Paul in Minnesota. It's called mm. Four Paws. Four Paws Restaurant. Used to be the Four Paws Mansion. It's very famous. No investigators have ever been allowed in there before. They had a policy where they wouldn't let any paranormal investigators into the building. Recently, they had a change of heart mm -hmm. and they allowed us in to investigate. We are the first team, maybe the last, ever to investigate the Four Paws Mansion, the very famously haunted Four Paws Mansion. So we're very privileged as the International Paranormal Society to get into there. Heather was with me as well as members of my team from around the state. Scott came down, didn't he, from, Wisconsin. from Superior, Wisconsin. We had... <laughs> Various people from Rochester, members of my team from all over the Midwest, came together in the midst of a whiteout. Yeah, it was where crazy. practically every road was shut, going in and out of St. Paul. But we made it. We worked our way through. You know, it's cold when the snow just hangs in the air and doesn't reach the ground. It's cold when the snow's just suspended and it's not making it to the ground. That's when you know it's cold, right? Actually, I thought it flew up. It was. It was actually some. I've never seen snow go upwards either. That's how it must snow in Australia, I believe. Hi to Tanya, by the way, in Australia, if you're listening. Does your snow go up? You need to let us know on Facebook. <laughs> the rumours were, I'm a historian. I right. want to deal with facts. Mm -hmm. I want to deal with the history. 
The rumour is, and you can read these online, and you can read these in various paranormal books, bearing in mind no one's ever been allowed in there to investigate, so nothing's been corroborated before. The story is, it's called The Four Poor Mansion, because Joseph Fourpaw was a famous entrepreneur from Philadelphia. He came to St. Paul to set up a dry goods business, made a vast sum of money because it was exactly at the same time the Union Army needed dry goods supplied during the Civil War. He was turning over half a million dollars a year. Can you imagine that in the 1860s? Vast sums of money. The rumour is there was a maid. He had a maid, a servant called Molly. Apparently, allegedly... He sneaked off into various rooms with her. They practiced the physical arts. He got caught by his wife. His wife gave him an ultimatum. You need to leave the serving girl alone. So apparently they went off to Europe. They sold up, left to go to Europe. Molly was so distraught because apparently she was carrying his baby now Mm -hmm. that she threw herself out of the third floor window of the Four Paws mansion with a rope tied around her neck that was then attached to the chandelier. So she's now dangling out of the third floor window of the Four Paws Mansion from the chandelier for the whole of St. Paul to see. So the first thing I did was I started to look historically to see if this rumour was true. I find this hard to believe. So the ghost that's meant to haunt the Four Paws Mansion is Molly the Maid. Mm -hmm. Who knew? Well, the date given for this hanging was 1866. Unfortunately, the house wasn't built until 1870, So you can see where there's a problem there already, right? Mm -hmm. So some people said, well, she hung herself after Joseph Fourpaws committed suicide because when he came back from Europe, he went on holiday for three years. He sold up, went to Europe, came back. That's a heck of a holiday, I might say. Well, I'm having a holiday here and I've been here six years now. (laughs) This is where we are. But he went away. This is the grand tour. Right. This is where, you know, before Thomas Cook and before various travel agencies, you know, you'd go to Greece and see the Parthenon and you'd go to Italy and see the Colosseum and think to yourself, wow, wouldn't that be great if they'd have finished it? You go to see the Leaning Tower <laughs> of Pisa. I mean, you have, you have a grand tour is what happens if you're rich enough and you do that back in the day with people carrying all your trunks and, you know, you've got an artist with you sketching all the scenes because they didn't have photography very well developed at that stage. So you have all of your grand tour things with you. Probably went to Venice, various places like that. Three years later, he came back. He did commit suicide. He had a history of depression plus various other ailments, stomach issues. So Joseph Forpore bought a gun, went to the local park, shot himself in the head in 1892. So this is the Forpore mansion. So as far as I'm concerned, the Molly incident didn't happen because I've researched Every single page of every single newspaper of the St. Paul Globe newspaper from 1850 to 1900, and there is no mention of Molly in any way, shape or form at all. The Minnesota Historical Society has a fabulous archive that anyone can look at. You can look at it now. They have all the newspapers digitized from that period. So you can type in keywords like suicide, Molly, third floor, chandelier, four poor, and it will bring up every article with any of those words hit in those articles. It's a fabulous resource for a historian. I shouldn't be telling you all this. I should be saying that I spend hours and hours and months and months turning over newspapers in dusty antediluvian basements. But it's not true. I can access this anywhere in the world. And I come across nothing at all to do with Molly in any way, shape or form. So that was the first thing. We wanted to investigate, to talk to Joseph and find out if these rumours were true or not. Now, Heather, you've got some EVPs. We're actually going to play them 
on air. So we're going to set this up for you. We started our investigation. You investigated on the first floor to start with. So do you want to set this up? Do you want to talk about your experiences of the four poor mansion and we'll play these EVPs? Well, my team basically included just two other women and we were mature. Yes. Mature ladies. Yes. Uh, so the EVPs that you will hear actually don't encase mature ladies at all. Now, one of the things I wanted you to talk about was the fact that the first electronic voice phenomena we're going to play for you now, and this is the first time we've uh, played these to anybody. We actually finished this investigation last week and we've been going through all of our evidence. So you're in a very privileged position that we're now playing these to you because I don't think four pause owners have heard any of no. this stuff yet. So it's going out here live before anyone else has had a chance to hear it. One of the phenomena phenomena we came across on each vigil in each part of the building was there was a little girl of about eight or nine years old and I think the reason you wanted to bring up the fact that you were all mature ladies is that this couldn't have been any members of your team that said this out loud this was a little girl Mm -hmm. and I think that little girl was called Amy because on my vigil I had a little girl come through who said her name was Amy and she was nine years old nearly ten she said I'm nine nearly 10 wow which was quite sweet I'll, I'll see if i can play that for you next week if we can track that down that piece of uh, audio there but on this evp that we're going to play you now you're going to hear all the static all the hissing that you get from the ghost box but what you're going to get at the end of this small two or three second piece is a little girl in spirit saying the words hi dad yeah because throughout the investigation she kept asking for her dad And uh, every investigator in each part of the building has audio evidence of this little girl asking for her dad. So we're going to play this now. What I want you to listen for, we'll play this a couple of times, but at the end of this small two or three second section, you're going to hear a little girl in spirit. This is a ghost talking to us now, and she's going to say, hi, dad. So let's have a listen to that. Tell me your name again, So just at the very end, there, I hope you all caught that. I will play that one more time for you. But you heard a small girl in the background saying, hi, Dad. And you're talking at the beginning of mm-hmm. that audio clip. Yep. You're asking questions. There's a small gap of one or two seconds. And then the little girl in spirit says, hi, Dad. So let's just listen to that one more time. Go ahead. Tell me your name again, please. That's a fabulous grade it A. Is. EVP. The other clip we're going to play for you now is hilarious. It's hilarious. (laughs) Ghosts do make me laugh. This is true. One of the things we wanted to ask of Joseph Forpore was, where did you go when you was in Europe? What countries did you visit? Where did you go to? You know, I wanted him to talk a little about about his holidays. You can't normally stop people from talking about their holidays. They've normally got the slides out. They're normally showing you the brochures. You're sat there for two hours you know, while they're discussing their trip to Canada, whatever it may be. People like talking about their vacations, don't they? This is just facts of life. Right. What did you ask? um, I had asked where they had went in Europe or what was your favorite place when you went to Europe. And again, this was a group of all women. When you hear a voice come through at the end of that question, who didn't hear you? And it goes, (laughs) what? So you're listening, for, you're listening for the ghost. Obviously, he's got ghostly ears and his ghostly hearing isn't as good as it used to be. But Heather asked the question and you're going to hear Joseph Forpore, who died in 1892, replying by saying what? Tell me where you were staying when you were in Europe. What was your favourite part? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's rather loud. Let's play that one more time for you. Again, Heather asked the question, where was your favourite place in Europe? And uh, the ghost doesn't hear. And it actually shouts out, what? Tell me where you were staying when you were in Europe. What was your favourite part? <laughs> That's fabulous, isn't it? I On my it. investigation, one of the things about the Four Poor Mansion that was uh, interesting for me, and I will go through a, just a brief dialogue I had here with uh, Joseph Fourpaw. But when I was sat in the dining room on the second floor, this is a fabulous restaurant. It's very cosy. You know, they've got nice burnt red walls, lots of textiles. It's a fabulous, cosy, warm restaurant with lots of dark woods and heavy furniture and fireplaces and the like. But one of the things I wanted to mention was that the poltergeist activity was mad. It was crazy. I use little fishing bobbers as trigger objects. I place them around the room. And they're very light, they're multicoloured, and ghosts can knock them around just by touching them, flicking them, breathing on them and the like. I set up a fishing bobber on one of the dining room tables, which was slightly smaller than a baseball. It was a fairly large fishing bobber. And I said to the spirits in the room, if you're here, can you interact with the fishing bobber just to make me aware that you can hear me? And this fishing bobber just launched itself across the room on its own. It flew across the room, rolled around the floor, bounced several times, shattered the silence with this violent popping and banging noise as it rolled around the floor. It was one of the most impressive pieces of poltergeist activity I've seen. And I said, well, that was very impressive. Can you do that again just to show me that it wasn't a coincidence and there is some sense of stimulus and response? And then a fishing bob ride set up on the stairway on the newel post suddenly flew down the stairs and hit every stair on the way down. So I found that quite remarkable. But towards the end of the night, I was on the third floor, the floor that allegedly Molly had thrown herself out of the window and hung herself. And uh, Joseph came through. I said in spirit, to this character, Joseph, Joseph Forpoy, I said via the ghost box, I said, do you prefer being called Joe or Joseph? And he came back and said, I prefer Joe. I said, can I just confirm that your name is Joe? And he said, yes. I said, did you have a maid called Molly? And he said, no. I said, do you know anyone called Molly? He said, no, three times in a row, just to make sure that I'd received that information correctly. I said, did anyone actually hang themselves in this building? Again, he said no. I said, do the rumours annoy you that your family, you know, do they get upset because everyone who comes into this building thinks you're a philanderer, thinks that you had some sort of illicit affair with the maid when quite obviously, historically, and via what you're telling me, that wasn't true. I said, does that annoy you? And he said yes. And then he said he wanted me to write about the fact that they were false just to clear his name, because apparently he was a fine, upstanding member of society and doubted on his wife and uh, was being accused of things he hadn't done. So it's very interesting that the ghost actually said they wanted me to write about the fact that he hadn't done any of these things. I then said, well, why did you commit suicide? And he said he was in a lot of pain. And I said, did you have financial issues? And he said, yes. And he mentioned the word debt. And then towards the end of the investigation, just as we were finishing for the night, five o'clock in the morning, the sun's coming up. There's a nice pink tinge to the darkness in the sky there as the sun's arriving. I said, where's the best place to make contact with you? Where's the best place to talk to you if we want to see you again, if we want to chat with you? He said the third floor. Well, we were on the third floor. And I said, well, what room? And he said, Johnson. And I turned around to the owner and said, is there a Johnson room up here? 
And she said, yes, that's our office. That used to be the Johnson room. And that's now our office. And I wondered if all the computers, all of the EMF activity, all the telecommunications that are in there would juice up that room and allow him to have a better contact with us if we ever went back. So I'm going to see if I can play some of those for you next week. But that was a fabulous Fabulous investigation. And if people want to go to the Four Paws restaurant, it's a great place to eat. It's in downtown St. Paul, near Summit on Exchange Street. Very wealthy part of town. It's a fabulous, amazing building. If you look that up online, the Four Paws restaurant. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? Anything that I'd forgotten or you wanted to discuss? It was a beautiful building and we had a fabulous time. It was a great investigation. It is indeed. Many thanks to the owners for letting us in. And that will be in my next book, The Mysterious Midwest, that should be out in the next couple of months. And you'll be able to read about that investigation yourself. We have a quiz show. We're into the round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. Heather's already on minus three. <laughs> I have a story that says creepy Google Street View photo captures ghostly apparition in haunted pub window. One look at this photo and anyone checking into this pub might be forgotten for thinking Dread and breakfast is on the menu. Uh-huh. See what we did there. Check out this positively frightening photograph of a creepy-looking apparition staring out into the street. The picture captured on Google Street View is enough to curdle the milk in your cornflakes. Twitter user Lalana Experiment tweeted a picture after spotting an eerie face in the window of the Stewart Hotel in Walton, England. He said, I was looking on Google Street View to find a fish and chip shop in Walton and came across the Stewart Hotel. The pub has experienced apparently lots of shaking from top to bottom and lots of paranormal activity that shakes the windows and causes the glass to vibrate and shatter. The noise would stop, but drinkers would often rap three times on the wall of the pub and receive three knocks back. Knock three times on the ceiling. Does anyone know who sung that? Anyone want to have a stab at that? I think that's Dawn, if people want to look that up. (laughs) The noise in the cellar then kicked off again, as well as the sound of a distant bell, which was heard for a week. A priest from St Mary's Church left a Bible in the cellar, and the noise was never heard again. If people wish to look at the creepy ghost looking out of the haunted pub in Walton, they can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee, and you can have a look at that particular image if you're old enough you will remember a toy that kids used to get for christmas called a boglin do you remember boglins boglins. were they like baby boglins yes they were kind of like little grotesque faces kim's looking at me blankly it looks like a boglin if you remember what the toy is called a boglin it's like a puppet you put your hand inside it and it was like an orc they were ugly looking things and you could move the eyes around and they had like little rubbery hands i want one Yes, this might be. They're very expensive. They if you've been are on eBay, terribly expensive. If you've still got a boggling up in the attic, you need to dig it out and make yourself some money. But if people wish to see the boggling looking out of the window, it is available on our Facebook site. Heather, you've got points to make up. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I've got a spooky tale in Japan. Oh, and you're big in Japan. We have Japan listeners. A lot of singing tonight on the show. I like that. Oh, I want to do a music <laughs> show. This is where we are. Oh, wow. No, it's not happening. No. All right. We have a ghost taxi passengers happened near where the tsunami happened in 2011. Ghost taxi passengers. This reminds me of the scene in Ghostbusters 2 
Mm. where the spirits come up through the exhaust pipe and turn the taxi driver into a skeleton. Oh, yeah. And the guy sat in the back and the car takes off and kind of runs amok. Yeah. Do you remember such things? I do. When a Japanese college student started corresponding with taxi drivers in Ishinomaki in Miyagi Prefecture. Miyagi? Wasn't that Karate Kid? That was Karate Kid. I think so, yes. Well, it was for her senior sociology thesis. Some became irritated while others pretended they didn't hear her at all. But uh, seven out of a hundred drivers actually answered Yuka Kudo's odd question. Did you have any unusual experiences after the 2011 tsunami disaster? With responses that were both eerie and oddly similar. They all reported experiences with ghost passengers, riders they say entered their cabs after the tsunami that killed nearly 16,000, then disappeared before the ride was over. One driver, for example, recounted a woman who got into his cab asking, have I died, and was gone before they reached her destination, while another tells a tale of a man who asked the driver to take him to a mountain before he vanished. Don't some cabs have video footage? Do you I not would get assume. videos in the back? Oh, I, that would be interesting, I know. wouldn't I it? I think the cabs in London and possibly some of them in New York, some of the rougher places the, in the yeah. world, like they have on buses and trains, have cameras, secret cameras. So you get – it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to have a secret camera in place. So if you picked up a ghost passenger. I like the way the guy took the ghost to where it wanted to go. She yeah. walks into the back of the cab and said, have I died? And he still drives there. <laughs> and then wonders why she's disappeared at the other end. Surely if you're dead, you don't need to get in a cab. You can go wherever you want. You think you want to be somewhere. This is the white lady, isn't it? So you are. It's the white lady. Mm. Yes. I'd like to go yeah. to the zoo, please. Why don't you just think of the zoo? You don't need to get a cab to the zoo. Mind you, if she doesn't realise she's dead, she mm-hmm. might think she needs to get around physically rather than spiritually. Just see what I'm saying there. Fabulous. You've gained some points back. You're on minus one. <laughs> it was Poltergeist. Man filmed attacking worker with a sword and beating a pensioner has weird excuse. A young man apparently caught on camera attacking a shop worker with a samurai sword and beating a pensioner repeatedly blamed his actions on ghosts. An elderly man was left badly beaten and a shop worker almost sliced to pieces after Joe Vaughan Walker's allegedly embarked on a violent rampage. This extremely graphic footage shows the shocking incidents, which took place in broad daylight in Broward County, Florida. Yay! Florida! (laughs) Walker, 22, was arrested on charges of attempted murder, aggravated battery, carjacking and possession of marijuana. He's ticking all the boxes, isn't he? The incident on Sunday was caught on surveillance video. Bizarrely, Walker is said to have tried to blame the entire incident on being haunted by a poltergeist, insisting he wanted to kill all that was evil. He's got his work cut out in Florida, isn't he? I've seen, I've seen Miami Vice. According to reports, Walker's violent spree began in the morning when he stole a truck from a driver who had stopped at a junction. Those darn evil truck drivers. He is said to have put the man in a headlock before fleeing with his vehicle. Walker then apparently turned up at Ladder Hall Shell petrol station and began intimidating an old man, following him inside the shop and producing a metal rod, those darn evil old men. He is seen banging the rod against the man's head before an elderly woman intervenes to stop him killing the 82-year-old man who is clearly bleeding. It was revealed the man suffered facial cuts that required 18 stitches. 
An hour later, the suspect then walked into a flea market, got his hands on a three-foot samurai sword and swung the weapon at the store clerk, nearly killing him. Those damn evil fleas. He slashed the victim at least eight times, hitting him as he was lying on the ground. The man later told the police he was trying to kill him. When he was apprehended by police, he apparently explained his actions by insisting poltergeists were responsible. My dad used that excuse when my mum found a bra in his briefcase. I believe similar actions were taken against him. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? I saw it coming, says Psychic in a home plowed by truck. A psychic in Orange County said she had a premonition something was going to happen. And it did when a truck plowed into her home business in Anaheim on Friday. Around 4.30 p.m., a truck traveling on Beach Boulevard hit the back of a Toyota Camry and lost control before crashing into the psychic business operated by Rachel Williams. Williams said it was the third time a vehicle has crashed into her business. Williams described the sound of the collision as like a bomb went off. I was screaming because my son was in the room operating the computer. That's what I was really scared, that he killed my son, she said. If she knew it was coming, exactly. why did she leave his... I don't... You know, her son's there. If she knew something was coming, wouldn't you just remove him, or did she not you act think, on that? And especially, she said, how many times... It's happened three times. A truck's hit her building three <laughs> times. It's yes. time to move businesses. Either that or God's trying to tell you something. One of the two. <laughs> a 67-year-old woman avoided the collision, but was struck by some debris and taken to a hospital. It was a truck carrying holy water. I'd like to know what the trucks were carrying. There's the message right there, isn't it? What were the trucks carrying? That's the message. (laughs) Williams said she knew the accident would happen. Yes, I knew it. I didn't know what time, but I had that spiritual feeling. Williams also said she had a feeling the driver of the truck may have been intoxicated. Anaheim Police Department are investigating if the man was under the influence. Wow. I'd love to know what trucks they were what they were carrying that's where the message lies heather you've got another story for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings you need the points i am staying in minnesota you're staying in minnesota Uh Uh what with the bearded ladies on the tandem bikes oh maplewood woman i I know maplewood i know you do maplewood woman says she was attacked by ghosts and she stabbed one of them how can you stab something that's not physically there and is already dead I don't know. I was once asked, why don't we take guns on a paranormal investigation? And I said, how do you shoot something dead that's already dead? Something dead that's already dead. Can you imagine (laughs) running around in the dark? It's like a comedy film. The lights go out. You can hear people screaming. And then all you can see is flashes going off as gunfire is everywhere. What could possibly go wrong? No idea. With taking guns in a scary, tense environment on a paranormal investigation in a basement. Well, this alert, which a user posted to Imgar late last night, tells the story of a woman who was unresponsive and behind a locked door when her family found her. She was holding a large kitchen knife and was covered in blood. Her body had no visible wound that could have accounted for that much blood loss. Medics were called and the woman eventually came back to consciousness. It was then that she told her version of the events that had led to her discovery in that state. I think there's something in the water in Maplewood. Most (laughs) of the people I know that live there aren't right. (laughs) She claimed that she was attacked by two ghosts, the crime alert says, and stabbed one of them in the chest before she went unconscious. Can you imagine doing a lineup like the usual suspects where you've got a series of guys standing there and then there's this strange mist? 
Or an empty spot. Yeah, it was that one. The sheet with holes cut in it. <laughs> I was saw a fabulous um, joke on Facebook made me laugh this week. Do you know you get the action figures, like Star Wars action figures, Star Trek, and they're in a uh, they've got a cardboard backing and they've got that blown plastic where they sit the character. You know, they're only like mm-hmm. five or four or five inches high. You know, action figures. I saw one for The Fog. It said The Fog, the film The Fog. And in that little plastic compartment where the action figure would be, someone had put some cotton wool. It was just a joy for the film <laughs> The Fog. It just made me smile. Simple things. Aside from the blood that covered the woman's face, neck, hands, there was a trail that led all over the house but did not extend to outside it. Of course, the Maplewood Police Department is not Ghostbusters, so they are treating the mysterious incident like a potentially serious crime. That would mean a live human stabbing victim somewhere out there who managed to escape the woman's home alive, though without leaving a trail of blood. It's like an Agatha Christie murder mystery. It is. They can't find anyone. She's inside. The door's locked from the inside. There's Mm -hmm. There's blood, but she's got no wound. Mm-hmm. Very strange and very bizarre. How do you arrest a ghost? How do you put them behind bars? No idea. I wonder what blood type. There you go. Ooh. Rhesus, something with a monkey in it. Rhesus? I've got, yes, Rhesus. <laughs> <laughs> They've eaten so much chocolate. Good news, sir. We found evidence of your blood in your chocolate supply. I have a story that says mum films ghost baby in cot next to her sleeping daughter after spotting spirits moving on a monitor. A thoroughly spooked out mum has captured what she believes to be two spirits interacting with her baby on a monitor. Jade Yates uploaded the clip to Facebook saying she didn't believe in ghosts until about five minutes ago. The mum took a video of her baby monitor, which was filming her daughter Ruby in bed. She explains that Ruby is the sleeping baby in the top left of the cot, but there's a rather mysterious presence alongside her. Jade insists that the room to Ruby's door was shut and there was nobody else in there, which goes little way to explaining the pale white figure sitting up in the bed. She has her own theory saying what I see is a baby older than Ruby, as it's able to sit up, stand up, and an adult attending to this baby as well. I can see on some angles an ear, eyes and an arm. Shelley that Ruby was not unsettled at all, but she does wake every hour or so every night before suggesting that a ghost might want to play with her. This could be the reason why. Because babies don't wake up every hour, do they? That's completely odd and bizarre. I don't think they are nasty as the adult looks to be so attentive. Jade said that she'd been watching what she believed to be the two spirits for about 20 minutes before going to check on her daughter. Can you believe we are now in a society where a woman is watching her baby monitor and seeing two ghosts interfering with her baby, but goes to grab her cell phone to record it and waits 20 minutes before going upstairs to check on her baby. Yes. This is like America's Funniest Videos. This is where your grandmother's blowing out her birthday candle. She sets fire to herself. She's running around the house ablaze, and everyone's filming it rather than putting grandma out. This is the moment where the kid is fishing on the end of the dock, throws himself into the water as he's cast a line out, and everyone's videoing it rather than jumping in and saving the child from drowning. It's remarkable. I find it remarkable. Would anyone around this room sit and watch their baby being interfered with by two ghosts for 20 minutes rather than going to check? 
No. I find the whole thing remarkable. She added that she was posting it to let people make up their own minds before saying she was one freaked out mother. That ends the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. Greg is yet to score. I am on four points. Heather's on minus one. And Kim is on two as we fly into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. I have a story that says watch cluster of UFOs flying in unison over Moscow in video declared authentic by experts. Astonishing video footage of what looks like a cluster of UFOs flying in unison over Moscow has been declared authentic by experts. The film, shot in Russia's capital at the end of last month, shows four unidentified lights hovering and swooping above the city in what looks like synchronised flying. (laughs) Thousands of people have now viewed the images across the country, which seems to show the objects moving at great speed and then hovering in formation. The man who filmed the Close Encounters-style spectacle, named only as Timor in a local media, explained there were four balls of light – and one was red, one was white, there was two in the middle that were also white, and there was one that was less white to the right. This is UFOs (laughs) playing giant game of billiards. I'm going to put the right-hand ball into the Grand Canyon. It's a giant game of billiards is what this is. He added, sometimes the one on the right would disappear and come back. Altogether, they made the geometric shape of a rhombus. A rhombus is like a squashed diamond, I believe. And he dismissed some critics' claims that the lights could be a reflection of the lights on the ground. Timur explained, I've been living in the district for two years and have never seen anything like that before. Now Russian UFO expert Vadim Chernobrov has confirmed that he believes the footage is genuine. He explained the lights cannot be explained as either an atmospheric or cosmic image. The chance of it being some sort of mirage is also impossible due to the precise geometric shapes the objects have formed. Chernobrov added, Some have said they look like Chinese lanterns, but I would dismiss this possibility because of the movements and speed of the object. This is probably Turkey getting its own back on Russia by using its elite, most technologically advanced Chinese lantern squadron. This is where we are. (laughs) Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round? Of UFOs and cryptozoology. I have scientists who are looking to birth baby dragons. Birth baby dragons. Baby dragons. You don't... Dragons come from eggs because they're lizards. You can't birth a baby dragon. Tell the article Because it's an egg. It doesn't come out of its mother live, does it? Well, they're hoping that it comes out of an egg then. Okay, well, they're not birthing it then, are they? They're hatching it. According to the article, they're birthing. Well, let's read the article and I'll decide how many (laughs) points I'll take away. Creatures (laughs) resembling dragons dwell deep within the caves of Slovenia. And now with the help of biologists, a new brood is set to hatch at an unusual aquarium, accessible only by underground train. This crystal clear egg is one of three recently laid by an ohm, which I had never heard of before. Are they smoking drugs? What? Ohm is when you sit cross-legged and go, ohm. No, it's O-L-M. Oh, okay, my bad. Ohm, not ohm. It sounds like that, though. You must admit it sounds similar. (laughs) A cave amphibian whose long, sinuous body, stubby legs, and frilly gills led people in the 15th century to believe it was the offspring of dragons. Gollum. Though it does not breathe fire, the ohm has several attributes fitting a creature of mythology. 
It can live as long as a hundred years and survive without food for ten. That's just as well if you live in Slovenia. <laughs> it is blind, but hunts using its incredible sense of hearing and smell, and it can detect electric and magnetic fields. We should use it on investigations. Yes, we just need to go to Slovenia, get on a train, go and into the middle of a mountain, grab an egg, and get back again before grab lunch. Grab an ohm. Grab an ohm. <laughs> Female ohms only reproduce once every six years, and it takes them until the age of 15 to become sexually mature. How many people listening to their sh this show at the moment have turned to their loved ones when you said they only mate every six years? And, and said, see, I told you. That's the sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> There's quave-dwelling amphibians that are doing it more than us. <laughs> the aquarium last expected baby ohms in 2013, but none of those eggs hatched and several were eaten by other ohms in the tank. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, it is rare and it is exciting, Mr. Welt said, of this opportunity for a do-over. I was jumping when I saw the first one. And then the second, it's something you don't want to miss when working as a biologist in a cave. Wow. Baby Fabulous. Arms. Baby arms. We need to look them up. We Baby need arms. to find a picture of them. Can you post on Facebook what one of them looks like? I'd love to see that. A little baby dragon. That would be a joy. And they're not birthing, are they? They're hatching. This is where we are. Yeah. You've no idea. You just <laughs> haven't done the research, have you? Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? There's an Indian girl who has ants crawling out of her ears every day. Okay. <laughs> what do you want me to say? 12-year-old like... Shreya Darji from the state of Gujarat in western India is suffering from a bizarre case of ants. <laughs> They're not in her pants by any chance. No. <laughs> oh, Giant ants crawl out of her ears every single day, much to the bafflement of her parents and doctors. How do they, they get in there? They haven't figured that out. I dread, I dread to think what orifice they're going into to come out of her ear. Oh. That's a long journey, isn't it? Yeah. Journey to the center of the earth. Terrible. <laughs> they have no idea where the ants are coming from or how to make them stop. The problem started in August last year when Shreya complained of ear pain and her parents noticed ants coming out of both her ears. They rushed her to the hospital where doctors conducted scans and found a large number of insects living in her drum canal. Gross. You need to get a pet that's an anteater. Mm. You should have an anteater as a pet. So he can get his little tongue in there? We'll call it Clive. He could sit by the side of the bed. You could be sleeping at night, and every now and then it's like... And he's got his tongue in your ear. I don't think they do that. Getting his dinner. I little client. Do I don't know how you could sleep. It's in there, look. It's, you know they've got those tongues that are flicky and long? Right in her ear. Getting his dinner. Everyone's happy. He has his dinner. Her ants have disappeared. He's a pet for all the family. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Just an idea. It says they've removed hundreds of them so far, Gross. but to no avail. The ants are multiplying at a faster rate. Dr. Jawahar Talzania, a leading ear, nose, and throat surgeon in Gujarat, tried suffocating the ants with eardrops, but they've continued to breed anyway. Suffocate. I went in there with a pillow. He also used a camera inside the ear to check for an egg chamber, but didn't find anything. You can syringe ears, surely. A video filmed using an endoscopic camera shows him removing dead ants from Shreya's ear. The girl's case is very challenging for me, as I have never seen such a case, nor found it in medical history, the doctor said. Dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. We don't believe the ants are laying eggs inside the ear, as we've not spotted a queen ant inside. We are completely perplexed. It's going to burst out of her stomach. I've seen this film. 
We have conducted all possible scans on the child, including an MRI and CT scan, but they are all normal. We cannot find any abnormality in her ears. She doesn't experience any kind of pain, despite the ants biting her, and no damage has been found to the eardrums. He also ruled out unhygienic living conditions as the cause, saying that Shreya's family live a normal life in a healthy environment. Sanjay described how Shreya would sit in her classroom at school and ants would suddenly start crawling out of her ear. I'm worried about her future and how this will affect her studies, he said. She is a brilliant child and she's already missed a lot of school. Other children in her school and community are teasing her and it's already making her feel bad. Ain't go. I need this problem cured as quickly as possible before it affects her confidence in life. It makes me wonder what they're feasting on. Are they eating her vital organs in there? I can't believe you wouldn't syringe or do... Or why can't you just put a drop of poison on one end and it takes it back to the queen and kills everything else? That's normally the way to go, isn't it? I don't know. I've seen That's the ants in India as well. You could put saddles on them and ride yeah. them around. I thought there was a cockroach in my room. Turned out to be an ant. It was that big. It was carrying me away. I fell asleep in a tent in India and woke up three miles away. They carried the entire tent with myself in it three miles down the road. I had to collect my stuff up, go back to the campsite. This happened every night. Wore me out. <laughs> Terrible to do it was. That ends the round. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. We move into the round. It is strange and bizarre because nothing has been strange and bizarre so far, has it? <laughs> These are the stories of the strange and the bizarre that are too good not to read out but don't fit into any other category i have a story here that says psychic forced to call in police after obsessed spiritualists begin stalking her a psychic was forced to call in police after a woman began stalking her and even predicted she would die monica thompson was plagued by dozens of phone calls and messages by obsessed elizabeth murray in an ordeal that lasted for months Thompson was even forced to post messages on Facebook, telling friends and members of her spiritualist group that Murray was stalking her and to be on alert for fake messages from her. Thompson leads services at the Bells Hill Spiritual Christian Church in Lanarkshire and similar churches throughout Scotland. She also helps private clients communicate with loved ones in the spirit world. Murray, 45, of Easterhouse, Glasgow, was said to be fixated with Glasgow-based Thompson and tried to take her own life when the medium made it clear they could never be more than friends. Thompson told police Murray had threatened to kill herself. Officers forced entry to her home and discovered she had taken an overdose before taking her to hospital. But while in hospital and after being discharged, Murray continued to contact Thompson. In one message, she said the spirit guides had told her Thompson would be next to die and would suffer a brain tumour. Writing on Facebook in October, Thompson said, Dear friends, my stalker is active once again, unfortunately. If you were sent a friendship request from Monica Foolish, please don't accept it. It is not mine. We are already friends with each other. Murray appeared at Hamilton Sheriff's Court and admitted stalking and breaching bowel conditions. Laura Knox, prosecuting, said the women had known each other for years and attended the same church. She said Murray became fixated with Miss Thompson and said she was in love with her. But Miss Thompson informed her the relationship could only proceed on a friendship basis defense agent john coogan said murray had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder the psychic never saw this coming did they sheriff vincent smith deferred the sentence until next month for background reports and remanded her in custody 
You're going to meet a tall, dark stranger who will make your life a misery for four months. Oh, and you're going on a journey. That'll be $20, please. <laughs> it is very interesting. As a psychic, you're dealing with people that obviously have some issues. They're coming to you because their life isn't going well. They're coming to you because they're abused or they're grieving or their issues are happening in their life. You never go to a psychic if your life's fabulous and everything's going well. So already you're dealing with people that are having issues. Do you see what I mean? In some shape or another. It wouldn't be uh, beyond the realms of possibility to, to believe that this woman could actually stalk you. If mm-hmm. she went to you for help over and over again, and then you started to turn her down. Do you see where we are? Mm-hmm. What have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? It's funny you mentioned a bearded lady. It's funny I mentioned a bearded lady. Well, you, a man has something to hold on to then, isn't he, is what I'm saying? Well, I have the bearded lady and lobster boy, a Valentine's love story. Wow. Isn't that nice? Fabulous. I know. Who would I have love thought? lobster on Valentine's Day. Adrian Edward. She is best known as the Bearded Lady. He calls himself Lobster Boy because of his claw-like hands. I've actually seen them. They're the is some sort of deformity where they yeah. You've basically got two large yeah, fingers. Everything's yeah. melded together. Yes. Together, they're just another happy couple getting ready to celebrate Valentine's Day. They just happen to have fallen in love while working at the Venice Beach Freak Show in Los Angeles. I've I didn't been to, know they have I've, I've been to Venice Beach, and it is a freak show. It was like Sodom and Gomorrah. I walked along Venice Beach. I've never seen such depravity in all my life. I was fearful of my life. I grew up in London and I went to Venice Beach and I was fearful. I had never seen such degradation in all my life. I just thought I'd share that with you. (laughs) There is someone for everyone. It is just knowing when you find them. Grady Stiles III, 39, told the Huffington Post. He and Jessica Olmsted had known each other for years, but the love affair has heated up in recent months as they began working more closely together at one of America's premier sideshows. Has she got her mother's beard? I'm just you know, <laughs> <laughs> They enjoy watching movies together, eating sushi, or just cuddling. The man makes me laugh, Olmsted 30 told the Huffington Post. We were cool from the start. The two met when Styles appeared in an episode of Freak Show, an AMC reality show. I didn't know they had that. Now I'm going to have to go look. I wonder if he could cut her hair for her. Adrian Edward. Well, I'm just practical, you know. <laughs> Save your fortune on haircuts. Both of them felt an immediate connection and the possibility for something deeper. The first time I saw Jessa, I was amazed that she can grow a bigger beard than me, he told the Huffington Post. It didn't take long for me to know we were meant for each other. Are they looking to have lots of little bearded lobsters at some point? Funny you should mention that. The there couple has not discussed marriage yet, but Olmsted giggles at the thought of raising their children together. Fabulous. Oh, yeah, I'd do it, she said with a laugh. Fantastic. Everyone loves a nice (laughs) love story, don't they? Kim, what have you got in the round of the strange and the bizarre? There's been another human foot found along Vancouver Island. There have been a whole series of these over the years, haven't they? This is very strange. Very. You've picked the right round to read this out in. A human foot stuffed inside a black sock and shoe has been found along Vancouver Island's Botanical Beach, officials in Canada said. Authorities do not suspect foul play, according to Barb McClintock with the British Columbia Coroner Service. 
She said officials believe the foot separated naturally after a lengthy <laughs> exposure to water and then washed up on the beach. The foot disappeared off the... I, you know, walking up to the shops on the sidewalk and it's like, oh, my foot's just disappeared naturally. It was there, then it's gone. <laughs> Where did my foot go? Leprosy? Leprosy? Wow. Oh. What, were they in the bath and had to be taken out with a sieve? How do you lose your foot? How does it know. come off naturally? I what is taking place? I've never seen anyone lose a foot naturally. How many people do you see falling over in the street because their foot just disappears? Eileen. Oh, God, why am I here? <laughs> Back to my... You were getting so many points. I'm not having that. That's ridiculous. Minus one. <laughs> The shoe found with the foot was first sold in North America in March 2013, read a statement from the BC Corner Service, which added that it believes the shoe's owner died sometime between March 2013 and December 2015. To be fair, my Uncle Fred had a really good idea that you should cut your toenails with a scythe, and he lost a foot. He then associated good ideas with losing a foot. He never had a good idea ever again because he thought the process of having a good idea would mean his foot would disappear. Perhaps these are people that have had really good ideas and all their feet have disappeared. If you could match the foot <laughs> with a person, it would be someone who's having brilliant ideas. Uh, the discovery is not the first time a human foot has washed up on the shores of British Columbia. Including the foot found this week, 13 feet have washed up along the coastline since 2007. 13 feet. Authorities were able to identify 10 of those feet, which belonged to seven individuals. How strange. CNN news gathering partner CBC News quoted an official as saying that he believes most cases were determined to be suicides. Officials said at least one case in 2008 was a hoax. A hoax. Oh, God, my, <laughs> How do you hoax that? I'm going to cut my foot off for a laugh. Oh, my God. That will be funny. What suicide starts with, I know, I'm going to take my left foot off. What suicide... I, unless you're lying on the railway tracks, I have no idea. Well, I believe what they're saying is that it's in the water long enough that oh. it just naturally... Oh, I see. They throw themselves in the water and then bits just yes. float to the surface. Yes. That's very strange. But the hoax part of it is like, what in the world? I know. We'll have a joke. We'll cut off Heather's foot, throw it in the what? water, write a message on it. Do you know how you get a message in a bottle? We could write something on your foot Make in sure a Sharpie. Make sure there's some toe jam. Oh, No. There'll Why be fishies me? nibbling. I didn't do nothing. I've been quiet all night. You've been quiet all night. You're a minus one for being <laughs> lippy. You'd have had a score of six by now. We now enter the final round of the night. It is the round called Not For Your Mother. It's the stories of the week laden with innuendo. There's stories from around the world that can't be read out live on air for fear of getting a fine or even being removed. If you have minors in the room, if your mother is currently with you, Make her a nice cup of coffee and shuffle her outside onto the veranda. I have a story that says Dad of Two becomes convinced he's pregnant after having gay sex. A man became convinced he was pregnant with a child after he had gay sex. It's been revealed that the 52-year-old, 52 and having a baby, I find that hard to believe. You've got a 5% chance of getting pregnant if you're 50. Did you know that? It's been revealed that the 52-year-old was hospitalised by a psychiatrist after his insistence that he had been <laughs> pregnated. The unnamed man from India is an unemployed father of two children. He told physicians that he was suffering stomach pains and believed he could feel the baby moving inside him. What? Ironically, I feel that after I have a curry. <laughs> God. 
Look, I've given birth to a chicken madras with poppadoms. Here we go. Points to be won. As many songs as you can think of that contain Indian food. Go. Madonna. No? Papa Dom preach. I'm in trouble, deep Papa Dom. It's my Japati and I'll cry if I want to. Return Pasanda. Coma, 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 chameleon. Vindaloo, how does it feel now you won the war? Tears on my pillow. Anyone else want to jump in? Okay, I've no. won eight points. <laughs> The patient who holds a postgraduate degree (laughs) said he was in need of more rest and cut down on physical labour. At least he's not lactating. He admits to doctors that his belief followed a homosexual encounter. Dr. Kumar was the head of the team of doctors at the KMCT Educational Institution and says this is the first case of its kind he has ever seen. He was an active homosexual in his adolescent years, which may have contributed to his beliefs, but his homosexuality did not affect his marriage, although he is single. <laughs> now the wow. patient the patient is recovering and we are measuring his progress during periodic checkups, like the third trimester, no doubt. Squeeze, squeeze, look, I can see his head coming out. What a joy. I shall give myself a raft of points for singing such fabulous and wondrous songs. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I'm not singing. You're not singing? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Angry mm. Militia. <laughs> what? <laughs> My own personal. Jesus. See, you're singing. <laughs> Angry Militia leader, stop mailing us dildos. You what? If you lick a stamp, put it on it, write an address with a sharpie. Someone's forcing that through your mailbox. Is there a whole plethora of mail workers out there wedging dildos into mailboxes as we speak? Yes. Okay, I just thought I'd check. Are you speaking <laughs> metaphorically? <laughs> Do they stick the flag up when they finished? No, that's only outgoing. That needs to be collected. <laughs> No one ever said it's easy to take a stand against the federal government. It's cold. There aren't enough snacks. Everyone is pissy. And a bunch of strangers won't stop sending you hate mail and dildos. You're working for the Postal Service. I don't know. I'm making that up. I've never worked for the Postal Service. Oregon militia organizer John Ritzheimer really, really hates Uncle Sam. But what he hates even more is all of the obscene and generally unhelpful emails and packages that strangers from around the country and Gawker are sending to his band of armchair commandos. In a new Facebook post and accompanying video, Ritzheimer says he's sick of this garbage. He takes particular issue with the enormous dildo and a bag of dicks. We've actually done stories on bag of dicks, remember? Uh, that is appear- that like a program? Is that like Game of Thrones? No, okay. that's the uh, bag of candy. Oh, remember the candy? Yes, <laughs> the hard candy with the soft sensor. I remember it, in a form of a sack that has the penises what? in it. Okay, it's, it's penis shaped candy, and yeah. you can send it to somebody. Bag of dicks. Yes, the dark chocolate gave you a bigger. No, we won't we'll go there that. too early. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, people are spending money to send items representing their hate that could have been spent on good things or those in need or something. I'm completely confused. What's happening here? Where, where, what's happening? He's getting dildos sent to him through the post. How? 
What have I missed? Uh, because he is an armchair commando against the U.S. government. He's oh, so yeah. he's a hate figure. Yes, so he's people a from hate around figure. America. I'm guessing he's are posting him hate mail. Yes, but some and of it's solid. Okay, a lots and it. lots. Of, I saw his table. What's of a dildos. collective name for a dildo? What's a big collective? Dildi. Dil. No, that's more. Than, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dinosaur. A casserole. That'll do. It's a casserole of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> um, Billy Gober posted a genius idea. Sell it back on eBay. So keep sending stupid crap. It's going to turn a really, dime for them. You told me they're really expensive. Maybe. <laughs> they are, actually. Um, I love the idea of the Oregon militiamen selling dildos on eBay. So, yes, consider the plan fully endorsed, and I will endorse it. Thank you very much. Perfect. Now, are these the same ones that are occupying the territory of that? Uh, is it a state park or? I don't know. He's in Oregon. I think the only thing he's occupying is his, you he's know, not, his, his trailer. Yes, his basement of his yes, parents' and house. His, okay. I'm, I've seen the inside with a video of his house and it does look a bit trailer. Okay. okay. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you're upsetting him, not me. That's Heather Morris. Yes. And him. if you want to get rid of those extra Appliances. Appliances. <laughs> I have the batteries for them. Wow. <laughs> She's saying you should send them to you. Yeah, maybe. I want to see our postal worker wedging those into our mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Hurrah. Great Kim, fun for everyone. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A drunken lap dancer stripped in restaurant. I'll Yay. Look- I never go to these restaurants. Was it Denny's? <laughs> That's not a Dairy restaurant. <laughs> uh. <laughs> a lap dancer ended up in court because she keeps stripping off in public. <laughs> Zainab Al-Khadab, 25, who earns about $1,200 a month, got so drunk that she undressed in a packed restaurant and sat on a podium wearing nothing but a pair of black stilettos. I've been in bars in the local area where women have stripped off and stood on the tables. Greg was with me. It's true. It's happened. Names can be provided. I don't know what is with the women in this country. You just want to take your clothes off and dance. Be free. <laughs> Let it swing in the wind. Swing low, sweet chariot. Okay. No. I'm, I'm glad you sang for my story because I wasn't going to. <laughs> the night is still young. Two days earlier, she ripped off her clothes in a club and ended up kicking two police officers who covered her up and took her home in a van. <laughs> took her home in a van. You'll do. <laughs> Wasn't her home. It was their home. It was to go. <laughs> <laughs> Alcada of Broadway, Salford Quise, apologized to magistrates after she was fined $300 in order to pay $60 compensation each to the two officers. She was also ordered to pay costs and a victim surcharge. She said, I'm just really, really sorry. I don't normally drink that much. Manchester magistrates court heard how the first incident took place at the Rice Flame Bar and Grill on Chester Street in Manchester City Rice Center. Rice Flame? Rice Flame Bar and Grill. It's the Rice Flame Bar and Grill in <laughs> Manchester, in England of all yes. places. It's a bit cold to be getting your kid off, sweetheart. <laughs> Matthew Sadal, pr- the prosecutor, said officers were called to the restaurant at about 10.30 p.m. on April 16th of last year. He said they found a female in her mid-twenties sitting on a race platform on a seating area around a table. The female was completely naked except for a, pla- a pair of black high-heeled shoes. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> she was in full view of the restaurant due to her raised position. 
The court heard Al-Qadab, who claimed she was in emotional meltdown after her twin sister became pregnant, tried to kick at one of the officers after he gently pulled her from the perch and tried to dress her. They managed to get her blouse back on as she asked if they liked the look of her breasts. Mr. Sadal said officers had also been called to New York, New York on Bloom Street earlier following reports a drunken woman had exposed herself on the dance floor and had been detained by door staff. Makes you want to go to Manchester, doesn't it? (laughs) Not me. I've seen a picture of her. You don't want to go to Manchester. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) When the officers asked her to get dressed, she replied, I'm not an octopus. (laughs) That's extra. (laughs) Mollusks, $20 extra. Invertebrate. And then she later kicked out at the two officers after they took her home in the van, leaving them both with minor leg injuries, including cuts and swelling. Leg injuries. Swelling. (laughs) (laughs) She pled guilty to assaulting the two police officers and to being drunk and disorderly. Drunk and disorganized. Mm -hmm. Simon Fagan, defending, said she totally regrets that other parties have been brought into her meltdown. He said Al-Qadab had been inseparable from her twin sister who had become pregnant, leaving her feeling isolated. She had a brother in India as well that was also pregnant. (laughs) She could not cope with it and she turned to alcohol. Her behavior had become attention-seeking and had, to all intents and purposes, become depraved. Poor girl. Not for your mother. I have a story that says pensioner who died during sex is wheeled away on a stretcher with the prostitutes still attached. Oh, no. A pensioner <laughs> who died whilst having sex was wheeled out of his house by paramedics with a prostitute reportedly still attached. The shocking video has been shared thousands of times online. There's shows, video of that stuff? I've seen it many times. Shows <laughs> the man lying on a stretcher covered in a blue sheet. Underneath the sheet... The outline of what is presumed to be a woman can be seen crouching underneath. It is alleged that the elderly man was having sex with a prostitute when he died. Who's got her number? She must be good. Although rare, men and women can get stuck together during sex due to a phenomenon known as penis captivus. I thought that was a Roman leader. I could be wrong. This is where the muscles lining the vagina contract, or often during orgasm and clamp down, on the penis. Let go, will you? I've lost my wristwatch. It usually only lasts for a few seconds and is much more common in animals. Yes, no one wants to walk around holding a rabbit for an hour, do they? Look at that nice man over there petting that rabbit on his lap for an hour. The clip first emerged what? on a Chinese video sharing site before later being uploaded, where it has been viewed more than 137,000 times. Most of them were me. It is thought the incident <laughs> occurred in China, although the exact location is not clear. There was a young woman from China. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Are you feeling lonely? Lonely. Are you? So lonely. Yes. I have another Minnesota story. You have a Minnesota story. There's a lady out there for me, is there? Well, possibly a lot of them. Bridget the Midget. No, Bad Uh, Boy Brian. I don't want Bad Boy Brian. I've had Bad Boy Brian. Oh, Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Pictures can be... Not provided. Yes, we have seen the photographs of you and bad boy Brian. <laughs> Let me just say that things aren't in proportion. He may be a midget, but he's blessed. <laughs> Some Minnesotans turn to snuggling 
with strangers. Strangers? Mm-hmm. It's stranger snuggling time. Strangers in the night exchanging cuddles. After a few hours of conversation in a room at the Super 8 Motel in Roseville, Classy. it's all happening Classy. up there, <laughs> Marissa Wise fell asleep with a man's arm around her waist. Doesn't that sound sweet? Hmm. Mm. The man, however, was not her boyfriend. In fact, they had met only hours before. Weiss, 22, was a professional snuggler. I'm making quotes now. Professional snuggler. For the benefit of our listeners, Heather's made quotation marks with her fingers. I may be changing professions. To a professional cuddler. Yes, snuggler cuddler. I'm not Uh, an octopus. For $80 (laughs) an hour. $80 an hour. She would cuddle, comfort, and caress for a fee. Uh-huh. $80 an hour. That's where it starts. Yeah. There is no undertone or hidden message. That was said best the college student. hard cuddling we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, should see my cuddling collection of videos. Oh, boy. Um, she actually quit this side gig in January to focus on classes, so don't think about her any longer. There, but think, there's more. Is she practicing safe cuddling? That's what I want to know. Yes, there's a sleeping bag. Okay. It's just... Platonic cuddling. The clothes may stay on, may, 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 but the cuddle movement is taking off in the Twin Cities area. Interest in non-sexual touching is accelerating with newer online companionship services. Companionship services. Non-sexual touching. Non-sexual touch. Yeah, touching, touching. I'm getting so excited. I can tell. I know. Put your clothes back on, woman. Where's bad boy? Uh, And cuddle abs. (laughs) Brian! (laughs) Brian! Brian! (laughs) That make it easier to get a cuddle fix. Then there's the cuddle party. Cuddle parties. Quotation marks again. I didn't think this was the late 1960s. This is like Woodstock. We're We're having a cuddle party. (laughs) Bring some Led Zeppelin and some Jimmy We're doing it for your birthday. Hurrah! (laughs) Where once a month, a few dozen pajama-clad people gather in South Minneapolis living rooms for a cuddle workshop of sorts. Yay! A cuddle workshop of sorts. (laughs) Spooner. S-P-O-O-N-R, the Tinder of snuggling apps, was launched in September and has more than 300,000 downloads. I'd rather be a forker than a spooner. (laughs) The (laughs) location-based application allows users to find people nearby who also want to cuddle. A recent search within 20 miles of Minneapolis turned up 96 users. I know, right? Oh, man, we're in the wrong place. Cozying up to a furry animal is a no-brainer, but spooning a stranger? Mm, I'd it, spoon an anteater. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd, I'd embrace an aardvark. <laughs> it totally makes sense to me, York all said. It makes you feel better. It's a fix, but in a weird way. Yes, very weird and very strange. Hug me. <laughs> what, now? <laughs> Live on air? <laughs> That's the last thing people want. <laughs> You're not hugging me unless we're practicing safe cuddling. This is where we are. Fabulous. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, the K2 meter with a dead battery is Heather, who scored a resplendent minus one. But in first place, the $33,000 IR camera is coming to me because I scored six. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of cheating next week at the same time. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested 
and interesting. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>